Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. Uh, this is another one of those serious topics that we don't want to be too serious about, but we kind of are. Kind of hard to not be serious about it. I, I, I typically find humor in a lot of things, and boy, this one was really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, for every side of it. Yeah, so There's we're talking just... about the, the uh, Rittenhouse trial. Now that it has concluded, we're going to go over some details uh, in the show today. But you're right, it, it's just not... It's hard to like be lighthearted on this particular topic. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I could try to be understanding because unfortunately there's sides to this story, but it's it, I could be understanding for the side that uh, it doesn't think that Kyle acted in self defense. Mm-hmm. I could feel for them. Yeah, because there's a lot of facts that they have to face, and and it's going to be hard for them to deal with. Uh, I I spent way more time on this topic than I probably should have, and like many others, I got just totally sucked into it. And I watched a lot of the trial footage, yeah. and a lot of the st- the stuff that's happening right now in the media, even prior to the trial starting, and then the comments that people are making after the trial. There just seems to be a lot of people who've just never watched anything to do with the trial. Right, they're just going. On. It's a domino effect, you know, a domino effect. Like they listen to this point from some person, and then they spread it, and then they spread it, and instead of really kind of digging into it, I mean, instead of getting it from the source, right? And and that's what we do. We get to the source. <laughs> we know people, special people. No, we don't. <laughs> no, don't. but you know what? Even better though, we have what everybody else has access to. Yeah, that's and the true. truth is out there. It's just whether or not you want to give it the time. Mm-hmm. And some some of the stuff, I gotta say, it's not even about the time. It's just people don't want to believe it. Yeah, you know, and and I that agree. goes on both sides. You know, um, this is a different. There's stories like this often that. That spread throughout, you know, um, our country. In fact, you know, throughout past, you know, it goes past our country. But when everybody tunes in, you know, we had like the OJ deal back in the day where everybody just tuned in. Everybody watched the trials, mm-hmm. you know. And this is one of those where, you know, outside entities can affect it. And everybody's involved. You got sucked into it because it does kind of affect us. And this was a little special situation. I know we're going to go through all the the details, but... You know, this was particular because the whole atmosphere was particular. This kid, I'm saying kid because he isn't quite an adult. Mm -hmm. That makes it a little bit particular. You know, there's so many things about this case that makes maybe other people that normally wouldn't turn their heads towards it are turning because it's like, what? How would a kid, you know, this age have a gun and and, and Mm -hmm. go through? How would somebody like that? be in a situation like this. Yeah. And it is quite a story. It's an unfortunate story. I want to talk a little bit about the some of the media stuff that happened prior to the, the trial beginning. Now, keep in mind, this whole thing unfolded back in August of 2020. And so there's, you know, we're now a year plus later. And so there's a lot of this information. And some of the, some of the statements I just wrote down that were, that were claims about this thing from the media is that, Rittenhouse crossed state lines. And that was like this big hullabaloo <laughs> because, you know, he didn't li- live in Kenosha. He lived in uh, the state next to um, right. Wisconsin. Which which state are we talking about here, Mr. Producer? You could say Illinois. 
<laughs> I think that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Thanks for your help there, like, Ethan. Uh, <laughs> so he's he's really the estimates are right around like a thirty minute commute to Kenosha from his house. And the media was talking about how, you know, this kid didn't even belong in Kenosha and all this stuff. Well, turns out as we go over the details of the of the case that his dad and his father's family, his grandma and his uncles and his cousins all live in Kenosha. That's right. And he visits his dad regularly. And he works in Kenosha. <laughs> so so. It, it's, uh, yeah, because they were questioning him on how was how are you protecting your community? This is not your community, mm-hmm. which I will say upsets me because I live in Oregon. And if something goes down in New York, mm-hmm. damn it, that's my country. That's my community too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand what they're saying, but... That's kind of weak, to, in my opinion. It is kind of weak. If he's going out because he's trying to help and protect, and you know, any place in America, yeah. so be it. But here's the other thing: is that if you think about it from the other side of like the protesters and the people who ended up rioting and looting and all this, a lot of those folks came from out of town too. Well, especially one of the gentlemen that he, you know, um, blew his arm off. Mm-hmm. Essentially, mm-hmm. he came from twice as the distance. Yeah, you know, and. That doesn't, you know, they're not holding that against him. Mm-hmm. Another, and he had a firearm with him. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and it, just, you know, so a those similarity. Will, those will be some good uh, details when we get into it because the those a lot of people didn't even consider the circumstances surrounding that that very event. That's right. Another one, uh, media claims that uh, Rittenhouse illegally had the gun, made claims that he was 17 and not allowed to carry that particular gun, and in some cases made the claim that he. Uh, transported that gun across state lines, both of which turn out not to be true. That's right. And it is legal for them to carry, open carry rifles and shotguns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm talking about for people under 18. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to like it. <laughs> so this is a problem that we have with so many mm-hmm. people is you could be angry that the law sucks, but don't be angry at Kyle for following the law. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately for those people, this is the part that I kind of feel bad, is that you're wrong. That he's following the law. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, too bad. Yeah. Yeah. And again, people didn't even, even bother to check whether that claim was true or not. And if you don't like it, there are means to attempt to change laws. Yeah. So <clears throat> early, early additional claims... They claim um, a lot of the left-leaning, the MSNBCs, the uh, CNNs, ABC was on the list as well. The winners of the world. Yeah, they made some claims that Rittenhouse had murdered two innocent men. They, you, the Pre- thing is... Pre-trial. Yeah, you can't even say that he murdered. You can say that he, you know, he's been arrested and charged with murder, but you yep. can't say that he murdered. That tells a different yes. story. It sets up... Um, these these ideas they in people's heads. They haven't even pulled jurors. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> so the people that hear that could sway their opinion of what's going on. That's right. And when they pull the jurors, it mm-hmm. could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's another one. Um, <clears throat> is that uh, is that they said that, that Rittenhouse was a white supremacist. And there's no evidence anywhere that suggests that he had any ties to being a white supremacist. Well, to be fair, these days, you could be black and be considered a white supremacist. So why not uphold <laughs> that? That card was coming regardless. Uh-huh. So I'm not even going to talk against it. 
So it's just it's just a weak it's weak now. It's yeah it is. It's it's used on everything you know. Somebody like you know wouldn't give their money back you know to them you know at the ice cream stand. Well they've got to be a white supremacist. We're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. You know it's just that's that's just they've used it out. Yeah. Sorry. Now the real white white supremacists out there are like can't nail it on me. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Right. These guys are idiots. Yeah. Another one. Uh, the claim was that Rittenhouse uh, was considered an active shooter that night. That he was just going through town yeah. shooting at, at random uh, protesters. Okay, so, so <laughs> I, um, this is where I am a, I'm not even going to joke around, I'm a huge gun guy. I love mm-hmm. guns. I love people that love guns, that uh, use them responsibly, and I hate people that act foolish with them. And um, I'm going to say this, um, in the very beginning when it was nothing but Media, me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, social media, you know, they're just playing videos, videos, mm. nobody not knowing what's going on. Mm. I might have jumped to that conclusion. Videos Absolutely, the videos of, of that the night? shooting of that night. Yeah, okay. Especially when you're not, when you're not seeing, you don't know what you're really seeing, or, or example, I'm going to be quick here, a little story is, I, I, I was living at, uh, your brother and I had an apartment complex, and I was coming home at night, and I see some guy running and chasing somebody. And I see, like, this guy's going to beat him bad. So I stopped in front of him, and I stopped it. Well, guess what I stopped? I stopped this guy from catching the guy that stole his his um, his stereo. Oh, no. You know, so, <laughs> so, you know, I know what it's like to see something, and you see somebody that shoots something, and it is extreme violence, mm-hmm. and um, especially when somebody loses their life. But in those videos, without understanding, and especially in the beginning, and so many people sees it so fast, and everybody has such fast opinions, and I could even have made one. I don't remember doing it. I might have made that a judgment, too. Yeah. But guess what? Those uneducated opinions at that time is what, in my, this is my opinion, which heightened the media, and they're like, ooh, we could use this. And now, here we go. And but you make a good point about not knowing enough about what's what's just happened or what has been going on to do some intervening. You know, you said you stopped the guy that was chasing after the guy with the stereo. I did save somebody's life that night, probably. (laughs) (laughs) But he probably had it coming. (laughs) But the scenario of Kyle Rittenhouse, as in just a minute, we'll go through the a little brief story, the timeline of it. But there was so much stuff going on at that time. People were claiming that that he was shooting people when there wasn't enough witnesses to really know what the situation was. They made, they made it sound like he was a high school shooter going from mm-hmm. room to room just looking for people to shoot. Yeah, that's and, exactly right. And, and yes, it was hard to see that from the videos, but when you see him shooting in three different incidents... Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, but here's the difference between me and let's say so many people apparently is I seen that and I dug into it and I saw and understood what he was doing, what was going on. Then it made sense. I didn't take it and, and, you know, my first impression and run with it. I'm capable of changing. And so many people I think are incapable of changing their first impressions on things mm-hmm. and, and they just go with it, especially when there's so many other people that'll back them up and, you know, mm-hmm. go with their idea of the situation yeah another another thing was that the uh the court the judge was was biased that he was um oh yeah he he was sort of the guy who was uh contributing to the uh 
the white supremacy and um, systemic racism because the judge himself was protecting uh, and, you know, yelling at the prosecution and yeah. trying to control the courtroom on Kyle Rittenhouse's behalf. And, of course, these people, are they're not even watching what's going on in court, and they don't even know the rules of the court. The right. judge is there to provide... It some <laughs> some rules to uh, rules of engagement within right. the courtroom. Okay, so August of 2020, the in fact it was the 23rd. There was this was a Sunday. <clears throat> there was a domestic disturbance call called out to this area of Kenosha, and the the person that the police were responding to his name was Jacob Blake, and it was a domestic disturbance. Evidently, this guy uh had had some problems with uh doing some bad things to his i think it was a girlfriend and some pretty sick things that i won't i won't bring up here this guy was in the process of and has done some very sick things mm -hmm. yeah yeah so cops respond he kind of puts up a bit of a um a bit a little bit of a fight just you know refuses to surrender and as police have their, their weapons drawn, yelling at him to stop, he moves around to the front of his vehicle and onto the driver's side and proceeds to reach in for something. And then shots are fired. In fact, there are seven shots fired by the police. And amazingly, the guy survives, right. is paralyzed now, but survives. Well, it turns out what he was, was reaching for was a knife. Yeah, that's right. And so the cop who shot him, um, what was his name? He um, wasn't even charged with anything because it was so obvious that he, the, the police officer was justified right. in, in, uh, in that. His name was Rustin Shelke, or Sh sorry, Shesky. Rustin Shesky. Yeah. And, of course, this is in a neighborhood. People from all over the neighborhood start to gather. There's a lot of more There's cops a lot showing of witnesses up. out watching it. Yep. Yeah, the whole thing's a lot on video. of the family uh, that were there and watched it, and you know, like anybody, even if you were um, a, a, a stranger to the situation, you know, your emotions gone crazy, mm -hmm. you know, and and rightfully so, but it's unfortunate, unrightfully so. I guess it's rightful, but you know, the rest of the world watched it and they went nuts. Yeah, that night they just jumped the whoops, they. I'm not going to go that route. They, uh, I was going to say, oh, I'll go there. <laughs> they jumped the gun and they started just claiming that they just shot, um, shot him in the back mm -hmm. for no reason at all because they're what white, white supremacists. It was a white, white cop, and they're the cops back. killing, you know, out to kill the black guy. That's all they're trying to do, mm -hmm. and um, everybody buys into it. Mm -hmm. You know, I see it as a terrible situation, but this guy is a. To, and I'm being nice today. This guy's a complete loser. Mm. Like, we do not need him out on the streets. You know, I, I think he should go away and not have access to any other human being so he'd not yeah. ruin their lives too. Yeah, his, his record is, is but pretty ugly. How about this? I'm shocked he doesn't have, you know, um, a statue built. You know, yeah. why not? Well, he did come out later on and say that, said that he, um, you know, he didn't approve of, uh, you know, the rioting and that sort of thing. But um, what's what, what gets to me is that is that this, this was a claim that this was just another white cop killing a black guy because they don't like black people. And so the riots ensue. 
Right. And that night... The excuse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The excuse to go and do some bad stuff. So that night, all kinds of people show up and start creating real problems in Kenosha. Burning out buildings. There was a car lot that was completely destroyed. All the cars in the car lot got burned out. That's right. And, And you know, a lot of people that talk about it, they talk about, you know which we'll get to with you know, the trial and such, but they talk about, you know, they're dumpster fires, like, big deal. Um, that's so, just the beginning of the- a fire <laughs> that can take down a whole building. I mean, you know, they make fun of, like, it was just one brick that could cave his face in and kill him and make mm-hmm. him either dead or handicapped the rest of his life. You know, they make it so little, you know. Like, well, like, like there's no reason for any you know, deadly force use. Yeah, these are all illegal actions, by the way. That's <laughs> so, right. Uh, they're supposed to be peaceful protests. Uh, let's let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll go over the rest of the timeline of, uh, of this whole Kenosha rioting. Dave and I appreciate you listening to the show. Please take a moment and write a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser.com. And since Spotify doesn't currently have reviews, simply telling your friends about the show would be great, too. Also, you can always reach out to us at our website, nevertoserious.com, or via our socials at the NTS Podcast. And seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thanks again for listening to the show. Okay, we are back. Uh, Just talking a little bit about the timeline of the events that were unfolding in Kenosha. So Sunday, August 23rd, officers respond to a domestic complaint. Jacob Blake gets shot by the police while he was reaching in for a weapon in the front of his vehicle. That created all kinds of problems in the community. Yeah, that didn't work well. Did not. Uh, They started rioting that night in Kenosha. The the amount of damage was immense, and the police didn't fully respond to prevent all that stuff that first night. So there was a lot of damage. Right. So the next day, Monday... Uh, August 24th, there was uh, an organized protest during the day in their, they called it their Civic Center Park. It was peaceful until night fell, and that's when things started to get a little chaotic again. Uh, that that night, they the police ordered uh, a curfew, and the protesters destroyed it says that they destroyed dozens of buildings setting 30 no. plus fires so this is where I, i'm at <laughs> this is where <clears throat> and you're on the right right track so this is where and i try to be a little bit willing to stop and and talk about it because the protesters in the beginning you should never even have to say we're peaceful because protesters are mm-hmm. and and guess what a peaceful protester can turn violent or turn it into rioters, you know, mm-hmm. and you are no longer talking about protesters. These are all rioters. These are all people out not doing good, good things, you know. So, you know, a lot of people uh, try to use, use you know, wordplay with, well, these are protesters, not rioters or, you know, but when you're out doing violence and, and damage to people's uh, properties... Yeah, you are no longer protesting. Yep, agreed. Especially even if you know it's after after a curfew. Yeah, people, you're breaking the law pushed, right yeah. there. Old yeah. Bastards. Uh, so tons of tons of stuff happening on that Monday. It gets really really ugly. National yeah. Guard is is even called in to support the the town. Uh, then what what's interesting is there's this uh, this group in Kenosha 
they I think they called them the guard. Uh, the Kenosha Guard, I think, is what they called themselves. And it was basically just a group of, of guys that um, there's one organizer. In, in fact, I think he was actually a government worker for a while. And he organized a bunch of civilians, basically, to gather and help protect uh, the, the city from burning. It's like Neighborhood Watch, you know, getting everybody mm-hmm. that's willing to volunteer to knowing that, that you know, you're could sacrifice yourself yep. you don't know what you're getting into yeah so that first uh that monday night there were a handful of people who showed up and then tuesday on uh, august 25th that's when all of this rittenhouse stuff uh, unfolded but by that time there were a little bit more police presence they were a little bit more organized then also this kenosha guard folks and then other people started to show up and support the kenosha guard by standing around and right. supporting these buildings Kyle Rittenhouse is one of those guys. People were starting reaching out saying, listen, we need help to defend our... Because they mm-hmm. saw it night after night, so they're starting to have to take odd precautions. Mm-hmm. That's you right. Know, cause not, because unfortunately, the fire department and, and the police weren't coming into all those things. You know, They had to stay out for... Yeah, they're, for they're, safety. They're, yeah, safety. That's exactly right. Yeah, so uh, that, that that Tuesday, uh, 25th, Kyle is out there doing his, um, you know, he was out there uh, su- supporting people by providing some medical attention. He was there helping to protect the building and part of this, this car lot. Run around the other putting out fires. Putting out fires. And then things really started to get ugly later that night. And that's when Kyle... Uh, shot two people and wounded wounded another, and the details of that night we're going to go through. And it's it's crazy how much of those details the media went on um, to say uh, contrary things. We didn't find out the truth about the details until the trial started. So there is a a narrative that took place that we're seeing today in different light because the case is now closed and he of course has been exonerated. Yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, he, he shot three people, but unfortunately killed two of them. Let's, let's talk about who these people are. What do you say? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Let, that's, I, let, that, that, that's a whole interesting story in itself. Yeah. So the, uh, let's talk about Kyle first, Kyle Rittenhouse. This kid was, I mean, he was, in the media, just destroyed. There was just so many lies going around about him. And it's too bad because, put all of this aside, this kid was quite an amazing kid. Mm-hmm. This kid was, this, I mean, you could tell by his interests, and, you know, a kid wouldn't have these interests unless this is who he was. His interest was save lives. He was an EMT, or excuse me, he was going towards getting his EMT. That's right. He wasn't wanting to be a, he was a volunteer firefighter or working in a program he, to become yeah, that. He was a, in a cadet program. And he was a lifeguard. You know, he's taken every, it seems like he's taken um, so many, you know, um, CPR classes. It was for a kid to do that and to show which way his life was going at such a young age. It shows you who he was raised and who he was at heart Mm -hmm. and as well to even solidify that he voluntarily was active through his community to clean it up to um offer the knowledge that he learned you know with Mm -hmm. his his aid and and um cleaning up the 
you know, the graffiti and stuff. So the day that I would be proud shooting, to have that kid. Yeah. So the, the day that uh, the, the shooting happened, he and some friends were at one of the local high schools um, cleaning graffiti from the, and that was the that, night before. That was the day, the day before. That was the day of the all day of these shootings. He was he spent his his day clearing graffiti. Mm. And your point is is right on. This is a kid that you would want to have as your own. Right. He was doing good things for other people. He was a cadet for the, I think they said the Grace Lake uh, Police Department, Fire Department. Oh, yeah. Was a, and the Police Department in the, involved with that, too. Yeah, Antioch um, Fire Department. So, yeah, he was a, one of those police explorers, they said. That's right. Yeah, so he's participating in all of these things but, that you would go, yeah, I'm super proud of my kid. He's doing all of these things. You know, he was an online student, and he was taking college classes while he was in school, uh, pursuing, you know, his, his associate's degree while he was still in high school. Right. I mean, we're talking about a kid who has some really great credentials. Subtract that, that night and the controversy around it, you look at the rest of his life and you go, where are the red flags? There, well, aren't, there aren't any. There aren't any. In fact, you know, he being a kid, it, you know, he's going to make mistakes regardless. I mean, yeah. kids do. 17. Adults do. What am I saying? You know, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, growing up, you, you you will make mistakes. And, and you know, I feel that, you know, he could have chose some other thing. I mean, you could never figure out, you, you don't know what... You, the end of your day is going to be. Mm -hmm. You don't really know. But um, I give him a little grace because he is young and with his firearm um, knowledge, but, you know, he, he can't be born with the knowledge. You know, he, he got a firearm. He needs time to learn the knowledge, you mm -hmm. know. But, but mm -hmm. I mean, my gosh, this kid, I'm not going to say was. He still has an opportunity, but this kid's going to go out there and save more lives in his life. Mm -hmm. You know, that's... It seems like that's all he's passionate about. I hope he pursues this, um, you know, this this path of maybe being a fireman or an EMT or a, a police officer. He's probably going to retire. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of curious what his next few years are going to look like because he, the path that he was on was a head start to adulthood that a lot of kids his age are not on. I hope society allows him to walk free. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen, but no. I would hope so. Uh, Joseph Rosenbaum. Oh, so th this is the first guy who who was shot and killed yeah. by Rittenhouse. You know much about him? No, it, pretend I don't. <laughs> I don't know a lot about him, but what I do know, he's not a good guy, and the media has been celebrating his death as if he was a martyr for a, a Black Lives Matter cause, and. It's disturbing. Here's why. He's a convicted child rapist. Multiple counts. Child rapist. Yep. That right there discounts any respect I might hold for him and what he was in his life. I'm going to say this, so people could go ahead and hate. I don't really care, but I believe that nobody should have died that night. I think it's pathetic how people acted. Nobody should have died over that any situation and um and but i'm glad it was one of those guys if anybody had to die mm -hmm. because yeah. we don't we need an, we need less of those people yeah he he has he was recorded on there several times uh, intimidating he was saying the n-word at the guys who were 
they're protecting the different structures and you know the part of the you know Kenosha Guard. He was an instigator, creating sure. creating problems. He started a, a fire in a dumpster. Um, Ethan was saying that he was pushing in towards the, I think it was a gas station. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's that's the thing is is nobody's has really talked about, you know, all these other people that came to this location, and how many disturbed people that are out there. How about this? All the people that are out there willing to tear up the place. Let's let's go to background and go. Why are they willing to tear up the place? Because mm-hmm. all those people probably have a background to show that they're willing to go yeah. and have no respect for law or people or property. You know. Yep. So far, most of these people on this list uh, of sort of participants in this in this night uh, have records, except for Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, so a little bit more about him. So Joseph Rosenbaum, he was just released from a mental hospital. <laughs> He's not stable. I'm sure it was due to COVID, too. Yeah. Uh, He was caught, you know, like I said, uh, lighting fires. He had uh, video and photos of him carrying a chain around. Uh, Ethan, there's a little link there uh, to go to his records. You want to bring that up? That night, uh, he was was there threatening uh, different people, different members of that that group that were stationed, I think it was right around that fire, or excuse me, the... um, the gas station, he threatened Kyle uh, directly, saying that if he found him out there by himself, he would kill him. He had been threatened twice. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse had been threatened twice by this this one individual. And later on that night, he was chasing Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse had... Uh, he was partnered up with a guy. They kind of right. got split apart. Kyle was on his own. He was wandering through an area, and Rosenbaum started chasing him. That's exactly how it is. And we do have some footage we'll show in just a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people don't realize. Be, I think you mentioned that people think that they were, he was just uh, Kyle was just running through, uh, you know, shooting up the place, and literally him and the partner was going through seeing if they could add you know, give people service Mm -hmm. and trying to give each other support in case somebody was acting up against them while they were giving service to each other and, um, medical service attention. And, and yeah, like he said, is they got split up and, and he didn't go off wandering around all night. He just kind of was looking for him. And I think he was going to start heading back towards his central location, the, the car place he was Mm -hmm. hanging out with Mm -hmm. until how it all escalated wasn't the guy with the gun. Yeah. It was this, well, it was this freaking screwball pedophile. That's right. That, uh, that is unhinged person. Mm -hmm. And he went off after him and how unhinged are you? I'm not for you to go chase down a guy with a gun in the first place. You know, he has a gun and I don't care. Even, even if he gets shot in the wrong, you have to be batshit crazy to go after a gun and instigate and chase him down and mess with him. Yep. You know, you're, you're, you're yeah. daring him. Yeah, you are, you are going against what most people do. When a, a, a gun is, uh, is being carried by someone else and it looks like they know how to use it, you don't typically uh, do things with them. It's like, um, it's like when you're around a cop, you know that they're they're tra- they're trained police 
if there's an inst you know some sort of incident you don't go in there and you don't touch the police you keep a certain distance you keep your hands well, visible let me ask you something scott i mean what would happen to you if you think you could if you just just touched the gu the cop's gun oh gosh you might you might <laughs> I'd you be might done get you, for i right? might be dead right mm -hmm. so i'm going to tell you as a gun owner a gun a man that carries a gun mm -hmm. that one of my fears is when you carry a weapon the weapon could be used against you. Absolutely. And if your heart's already up here running for your life, I don't even know where your heart has a place to go if somebody actually has a hold of the weapon, mm -hmm. which has happened, mm -hmm. or what Kyle testified to. And he was probably, I'm speculating, but come on, really, on the verge of panic, thinking, oh my gosh, if he gets the gun, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. 17-year-old kid. He forced him to shoot him. Mm -hmm. He forced him to shoot him, and I hope the world can really get past their anger that deaths has happened, mm -hmm. and and can sit there and go, "What if I was just walking by and that crazy person decided to mess with me, and I wanted to protect myself?" Mm -hmm. At least you could have that opportunity, and this is proof that you can have that opportunity. You're going to have to fight for your life to be, and maybe fight for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. to uh live a normal life but yeah it's unfortunate Oof. that a 17 year old was put in a situation and he was a good he is a good and, kid. and he was a good kid yeah and, which contradicts the claims earlier from media that he was there looking for trouble he was not there looking for trouble i i, I will say this as a father as a good kid and i appreciate it i would have said to him my personal self is uh no bud i don't want you going down there yeah, totally agree. I would never let my kids go go down and participate in that, even if their intentions are good to support. Right. You know? I want to give them help, Dad. Oh, buddy, I know, but it's just too it's too risky, my friend. That's right. So uh, hats off to the kid for being so brave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, well, and in, in again, the difference in how we grew up and what our parents allowed us to do versus what we allow our kids to do. That's just in our area. We don't know what parents act like in other parts of the country. And it, obviously, this kid is maturing faster than a lot of others. Dude, He's allowed to go and do stuff. That's why I think I appreciate him, because I feel that we were born and raised to be, how do you say it, run into a burning building people. Yeah. That's what this kid is. And I know that there's so few of these kids out there. So... Listening to the, defense, the the prosecution talk about him, I was like, man, he's a beautiful kid. Keep talking, prosecution. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. That's all I listened to was the prosecution yeah. because I didn't need to know anything. If that's what the, if, if all the good stuff that was said about him made me even like him more was from the prosecution was trying to hang him. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to hear anybody else talk him up? Mm -hmm. You know? I agree with you. I Most of the stuff that I watched was from the prosecutor because he did such a great job of defending the actions. It's amazing. <laughs> he really, I thought, made the case for the defense because, to be honest, they shouldn't even had him... The evidence was overwhelming that it was self-defense. They shouldn't even had this um, go to court. I, I think it was just so much pressure... Political pressure? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, some of these other characters yes. that were involved. Characters. So, um, so Rosenblum was the first, the first guy shot. Okay. Um, you know, he's he's chasing Rittenhouse towards this uh, this area of some vehicles and and felt threatened, reaching for his gun, got shot. Then the crowd starts 
going a little intimidating, saying, hey, that he shot him, go get him, get him. And so Rittenhouse started to run, and he started running back towards the police line. That's right. And that was the, the path he was ca- taking. Now, on his way, and he's running, there's a lot of video footage of, of him running. Maybe we'll show some here. He's running, and someone hits him in the back of the head with something, some object, yep. okay? It doesn't knock him down in immediately, but after a few more strides, Rittenhouse falls. Right. And he described in court that he felt lightheaded. He thinks that maybe something, not only was he winded from running, but he, he had just been hit in the back of the head. Yeah, and I think he even reluctantly kind of agreed with the prosecution about that Mm -hmm. because he said he got hit in the head and it made him lightheaded due to that Mm -hmm. and i know what it's like to get hit in the head Uh and and know that it could be a wave Mm -hmm. that comes over you to to the closing that could that could shut you down tunnel vision it may Mm -hmm. not be instantly Mm -hmm. and what a couple strides is exactly what that would be and his heart rate was already sky high from running He's, he's, he's not a kid in shape you no, know, if you look right. at him, you know, and he's running, adrenaline's going, gets hit in the back of the head, right. falls to the ground. He falls to the ground and the crowd um, gets closer to him. And one of the first things that happens is this unknown, the 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 name that people are calling him online is the jump kick man. Because he goes running after, jumps into the air and kicks Rittenhouse in the face while he's on the ground. That's right. And think about what could happen. That just that just that one action could do to a man mm-hmm. could kill him. Absolutely. And if it doesn't kill him, think about which one of these freaks are going to get his gun. Mm-hmm. And now think about after they kill him, because why wouldn't they? Because they just killed somebody else. That's would be warranted in their eyes. Now what havoc are they going to do? Mm-hmm. So the name of this guy, this uh, this jump kick man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just Google it. You'll find his, his stuff. His name is Maurice Freeland. And you can see clearly in the video, he, he jumps up and he kicks uh, Rittenhouse in the head or in the face. And uh, this is one of those people he, he, shoot, he shoots at, does not hit. Okay. He, he misses the, he fires two rounds, misses the guy. And um, this guy, Maurice Freeland, runs off. Lucky. Lucky, exactly right. Now, as he's running off, this next guy, well... Uh, yeah, and by w- the way, warranted if he shot him. Oh, it's, it's still self-defense, and they Absolutely. talked about this in the case, yeah. But just as, as this uh, jump kick man was was turning and moving away after just being fired at, right, this guy, Anthony Huber, is moving in on Rittenhouse at the same time as this sort of chaos is happening, running in on him, with a skateboard in hand and hits him in the head. In fact, twice, Rittenhouse says that he, he got hit twice by him in this very short little split second. And I want to touch base on that. Mm-hmm. So skateboards are actually used a lot in these things as uh, shields and weapons. And in my um, uh, concealed weapons training, when it, they talk about having to... Um, you know, stop an incident, what would be considered an incident, and a man with a baseball bat is reason to use deadly force. And what do you think a a skateboard is an equivalent to? Mm -hmm. And makes complete sense, and 
I could, again, only imagine the fear Kyle's going through at this point, thinking that he probably believes in this moment that it's inevitable that his gun's getting taken away. He probably doesn't even think he's going to get out of this situation mm-hmm. at that very moment. Yeah. He probably didn't think it was going to work yeah. because people just kept coming after another. You know what? One of the, I want to say it's the Morning Joe guy. I can't remember his name. Joe something around the Scarborough. Scarborough. Yeah. He early on made the claim that this kid, you know, crossed state lines with a gun illegally and shot like 60 rounds um, at different people. I mean, I'm just curious. So just generally, here we have a 17 year old kid underage said he bought an AR-15 because he thought it was cool. He drove across state, had his mother drive him across state lines. He appointed himself a militia <laughs> member. He goes around and he ends up unloading, what, 60 rounds, kills? Even it's even though it might be small, why doesn't isn't he held accountable yeah. for being wrong about that? Because that screws up everybody else. And and call it an assault there. rifle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, so the the scenario is that you know jump kick man kicks him in the face. Huber immediately moves in after the two shots, hits him in the head uh, twice with the the skateboard, and as Kyle is starting to gather himself, fires. One round, uh, because Hubert was right there in front of his gun, right. looked like maybe potentially even uh, grabbing hold of it. Kyle uh, Rittenhouse fires off one shot. Right in his chest. Right in his right? chest. Oof. And it appears that it killed him, you know, just about immediately. And turns out this guy, Anthony Huber, in 2018 has a domestic abuse uh I guess is guilty of domestic crazy abuse. Crazy how these crazy people flock yeah. together. Hmm? In 2012, he has, uh, in addition to his record, use of a dangerous weapon, uh, strangulation, domestic abuse, and assault and battery. This, this isn't little, th- little the, stuff. This is not an Two this is people not an that innocent. are not even not minor incidences. Yeah. These are huge, changing other people's lives incidences. Yeah, did we even talk about the uh, police record of the guy, that, the jump kick man? We didn't <laughs> tell me about it because I don't know this guy. Okay, now let me let me back up. I don't think race is relevant to much of anything in this particular case, but the left leaning media, including including Joy Reid, is making this all out to be about racism. What's the, racist about it? The or only rape? the only person related to this sort of case. There's two black people involved in this. One, one, one is a juror, okay, okay, and the other is this jump kick man. Oh, he's a black guy. He's a black guy. Mm. Okay, turns out he's got forty five offenses on his record. Things like theft, disorderly conduct. <laughs> I mean, we're listen, listen. I gotta interrupt you. Hold on. Go ahead. Get back to that. So, <laughs> what are the chances that you get a hundred people, and you just take a laser pointer and go point out ten? And get crazy bad, bad people. This guy happens to have an, a s- serious altercation with four people, and they're all crazy effed up. Yeah. I, I, to be fair, I, I got the guy that got his bicep. We're going to get yeah. to him. Yeah. <laughs> but still, we might. We're going to. We're going to find out. But mm-hmm. come on, this can't be four for four bad guys. I mean, can these situations really bring all the bad guys together? You know, does it does it maybe show that these incidences these uh blm riots and these antifas and all this stuff that they're all 
and enough to say all if it's ninety percent of them are all <laughs> bad people doing bad things. I think ninety is probably high, but I think I see your point. Yes, there's a lot of people. But you know, I'm just saying, background. if you want to do, you know, <laughs> right now he's at a hundred percent. Yeah, you could pay a lot of money if you bet a hundred percent. Yeah. But anyways, okay. I'm not trying to make light. I don't hate. I hate hearing. Seriously, I yeah. hate hearing about people's deaths. I'd like to pretend sometimes to think that bad people can change their ways. Mm-hmm. I know that in this world it seems near impossible. But you know, when you're dead, you can't. There's no more options for that. Yeah. So I hate to see. That's I hate to hear that. Well, so this guy, Jump Kick Man, uh, Maurice yes. Freeland, he, uh, uh, you know, with all of these offenses. <laughs> Uh, he was not actually contacted as a witness in this case. He actually came forward to the prosecution and said, hey, I'll be a witness, but... I want my 15 I want, <laughs> minutes of fame. I want... He, he basically wanted um, the state or the county to drop several charges that he already had on his record hmm. in exchange for his testimony. And so they didn't include him in No, uh, in we wanna, trial. we're going to keep you... Yeah, but which is interesting because you know there was a charge about um, like reckless endangerment or something that they were charging Rittenhouse with because he fired at this guy who kicked him. Uh, well, that's a charge against Rittenhouse, but he can't really defend himself against his accuser because the guy didn't he wasn't part of the the trial. Well, Kyle has the right now to personally sue him, even in a. A civil civil matter mm-hmm, yeah. for assault. Yep. So after Huber is shot and killed, the skateboard guy gets shot and killed, there's a a guy, his name is, I want to say it's Gage is his first name, and his last name is Gross Kreutz. And I've heard different pronoun- pronunciations. It's uh, G-R-O-S-S-K-R-E-U-T-Z. All right. And I think I'll they, go with your version. And I think they, call, they, they pronounce it as Gross Kreutz. Anyway, this guy had been basically doing first aid, EMT type stuff in during all this protesting and was supporting people. Well, that's all in good, but he's also one of the guys who's running up on Rittenhouse. And when Rittenhouse shoots uh, Herbert or her, <laughs> I can't remember his, <laughs> Herbert, uh, Huber, there you go. He basically stops. He kind of raises his hands just for a minute. He's got a a, a Glock pistol in his in his right, right hand. He stops for a minute. Rittenhouse is lowering his weapon. It looks like he's trying to kind of gather himself. He takes a little check down at his uh, his AR-15, and at that moment, this guy Gage um, Grosskreutz lunges towards Rittenhouse. Begins wrong move. Begins to raise his weapon, uh, the pistol that's in his hand, and and Rittenhouse fires another round. lifts his lifts his AR-15 and fires one round. Ends up catching him in the bicep of his right arm. We're talking a lucky shot here. Yeah, lucky for the guy carrying the gun. You know this gross Kreutz. He would. He yep. He's so lucky he didn't die that day. Yeah, because you know. I was having this conversation with uh, with a friend of mine about you know when you're when you're carrying a gun and you encounter a threat, you don't shoot for the limbs. You go center mass, center mass, because yeah. you want to stop the threat. And the whole thing is stopping the threat. It's not a matter of it's not a matter of trying to kill someone. Thank you. 
It is stopping the yes. threat, and you cannot just stop the threat by hitting a limb, let alone you got to be a really good shot to hit a limb. I wish people would understand that almost anybody that gives a damn about guns, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not talking about fools inside of the car, like freaking acting gangster and stuff. Yeah. They understand. Nobody ever says, we, well, unless we're, you know, just being idiots, you know, but we're always talking about we want to eliminate the situation. We want to be able to get out of the situation. Guns are so we could not go around killing people. Yeah. It's so that we have an opportunity to save ourselves t- from a situation. What Kyle had even mentioned in the trial was, is like, uh, no, I didn't know they were going to die. Yeah. It's not. It wasn't his intention. His intention was to get out of the situation. Mm-hmm. And when unless, unfortunately, unless you're in that, we'll even know. Only in, if you're a freaking murderer are you the person that wants to go off and now you could use the word, I went and killed that guy and killed that guy. They're not eliminating the situation. They're just going off and killing. Yeah. They're, not tr- they're moving forward into death, not trying to run and save life. That's what he was doing. I mean, yeah. if, if he wanted to go around killing people, he could have killed so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it ter- mm-hmm. turns out that this guy also has a, a criminal record. What? Get out! <laughs> now, hold on, hold on, before you read it. First guy he killed, very, very bad criminal Ch- record. Child rapist. Child rapist, piece of crap. Yep. All right, next guy, bad news, right? Jump kick man. Jump kick man, 45 freaking incidents at least. Uh-huh. Who knows what it is now? Yep. Okay, and now we have... <laughs> Anthony Huber? Yeah. Didn't go Domestic. well for him, did it? Nope. Weapons charges. Okay. Battery strangulation. <laughs> Okay, so lay it on me. Oh man. Okay, so this guy also he um, he's been in trouble for unlawful use of a gun while intoxicated. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. While intoxicated too. Yeah. Wow. What a yeah. winner. Yeah. Not not uh, not as bad as the other ones, but definitely you know he should not have been. But guess what? Not one of them have a clean record. Mm-hmm. Oh wait a minute. Except for the one that's on trial for murder. Mm-hmm. And you know. And I will say this, in this uh, world, I think he should have been on trial for murder. I, I think that, that it needed, or do I think he should be on trial for murder? I should say it should not have been a weekend investigation, and then he goes off as, yeah, it was a clean kill. This needed some digging. This needed some viewing. This needed some understanding. There was mm-hmm. a lot of angles to look at, even from somebody that's being thinking lawful you know you can't just let something like this go to the wayside you got to arrest this man Mm -hmm. we got to investigate and now now i might have misspoke when i said should there have been a trial on this i don't know but there should have been some huge investigations that could have led to the truth yep i agree i agree uh let's take a quick break i want to i want to talk a little bit about some of the the new stuff that was actually released and some of the some of the stuff that the uh, prosecution was trying to convince Kyle to say. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that's okay. interesting. All right, we'll be right back. Dave and I appreciate you listening to the show. Please take a moment and write a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser.com. And since Spotify doesn't currently have reviews, simply telling your friends about the show would be great too. Also, you can always reach out to us at our website, nevertoserious.com, or via our socials at the NTS Podcast. And seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thanks again for listening to the show. So this is this is a video of the prosecution talking about the basically the silence after Rittenhouse was arrested. 
Because you have the right to remain silent. That's right. And, and this prosecutor was just starting to dig the surface of it. Yeah, trying to make Rittenhouse look guilty because he didn't say something. That's right. Here we go. You have also sat here through eight days of trial, correct? Yes. And you've had the opportunity to watch all of the videos yes. that have been played in this trial? Yes. Sir, if you could please let me finish my question before answering. And I will do my best to let you finish your answer before I go on to the next question. Fair? Yes. You've also had the opportunity to listen to the testimony of all 30-some witnesses that have testified in this trial so far, correct? Yes. And after all of that now, you are telling us your side of the story, correct? Correct. Um, I'm going to ask you folks to go on the library for just a second. Whoa. Let's go talk about the case. Judge just got pissed. Sends the, uh, sends the, uh, um... Welcome, everyone, here to Live Now from Fox. Uh, we are watching the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Kyle Rittenhouse right. is on the stand here in his own defense. We have the prosecution just starting up cross-examination. It looks like they, the uh, lawyers are going to be possibly going into a, a side panel here <laughs> with the judge. Let me cut you need to account for this. Your Honor, I don't want to, I don't want to jury here. He's commenting on my client's right to remain silent. No, Your Honor. I am making the point that after hearing everything in the case, now he's tailoring his story to what has already been introduced. The problem is, this is a grave constitutional violation for you to talk about the defendant's silence. And that is, and, and, the, and you're right. You're right on the. You're right on the borderline, and you may. You may be over, but uh, it better stop. Understood. This is. I can't think of the case, the initial case on it, but it's. Uh, this is not permitted. All right. Um, ask the jury to come in, please. Okay. That's, I mean, this has been forever the case that you cannot make someone look guilty for not saying anything and, after the arrest. That's and, their Miranda rights. Right, and I got to tell you, I appreciate the, of course, the judge's genius, right? I mean, well, you have to be pretty bright to get to be a judge, you know, but I appreciate that the judge saw that he was just scraping the surface and he was mm -hmm. about to dive into that. And he did it enough maybe to where the jury didn't even really start to sniff it themselves. So I love that he stopped it when he did. And, and there's so many more, you know, that, that is a small part of the clip. And, and there's so many times that this uh, prosecutor is kind of snarky. Mm -hmm. And there's know, a like lot saying, yeah. well, the court left. The court left the door open for this, and it's like, well, the court means you're talking about the judge. The judge, you know, so the judge got fired up and goes, yeah, I left it open for me, and, mm -hmm. and, and I screamed out. And I feel that this guy was willing to be a little bit devious, just like you saw the remark of him, you know, when Kyle is just trying to be, yes, sir, absolutely answer everything right. And when you, you know, he, this guy's pausing, asking it's a question with with many commas 
And he's and so each one could be a question, and Kyle's answering them all. And for him to just sit there and go, "I'll let you know when I answer the question," you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. it's it's just a power trip and just playing with the guy. I, I'm not familiar with all of the uh, process of court and what a prosecutor normally does, but watching this for hours, he continually basically said what the statement would be, and then Rittenhouse would have to say yes or no. He basically framed every question sure. as a yes or no, and the way that he frames the question then becomes difficult to answer because and, the way he frames it. And I do th- I understand that that's, that's how they work. They want it yes mm-hmm. or no because it's definitive and harder to argue. Mm-hmm. No gray area, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, But then you're using someone else's words, and you have to agree with them with that, how they use their that's words. That's right. Like when they were talking about him tripping and falling, and he said that he was, uh, Kyle was talking about, he was feeling dazed because he got hit in the back of the head. And, he, and, and the prosecutor goes, or was it because you were running and you got winded? He goes, no, it's because I got hit in the back of the head, so I had to restate what it was. And then he says, or mm-hmm. was it because you were running and you fell on your own account because you were running? And the guy goes, because Kyle is truthful, he thought about it and thought because a person that's realistic and truthful will sit there and go, well, maybe because I was running and I was fatigued and got hit in the back of the head could have had a cause to it. You know, what well, that could have been a part of it, but he still probably wouldn't have fallen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he, I think it was the third or maybe fourth, but third time he says, maybe, or something close to that, that uh, because I was running and I was winded and getting hit in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. So he did get to slide that in, even though he said twice alone that no, it was because it was hit in the back of the head. So I don't believe it was because he was winded. That was just, I believe, Kyle just being a human and yet having to play lawyer games to where he ended up having to say it. Mm-hmm. And he's 17, well, 18 here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, play, having to play lawyer games. And even somebody that's savvy to it could get mm-hmm. caught up in it, and he's certainly not. Yeah. I want to play another clip. This is, the prosecutor is asking Rittenhouse basically, you know, why he's there, you know, and he's, you know, talking about putting putting fires out and why he wouldn't even need to carry a, um, an AR-15. And you asked the people that you got the fire extinguisher to uh, from to come with you, right? Yes. You were looking for Ryan Balch for backup, right? I was looking around for him, yes. You had already tried to go back to the 59th Street location, right? Yes. And all of those failed? Yes. So then you decide to take it upon yourself to head down to 63rd Street to put out fires. Fair? I wouldn't say that. I would say I went to go put down, put put out the fires that I was there to do when when I say protect the property, I mean by like put out fires. So I went to go put out the fires. I just believe there are people there. And you brought your AR-15 along? Yes. Why? Because it was with me already. Yeah, this yeah but you had taken it off earlier when you were treating someone. You gave it to Joanne Fiedler, right? Yes. So you know how to take it off, don't you? Yes. And you can make a choice on your own whether or not to go armed with it or whether to give it to the person who is the lawful owner of it on that date, Dominic Black, correct? I didn't take my rifle off there because there was nobody I could hand it to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and when I took it off to hand it to Joanne Fiedler, I was in a safe spot in the corner of the building where there were people protecting me at that time right there. When I went to go to the car search number three to put out the fire, there was nobody I could hand my rifle to that could protect me while I'm providing first aid to somebody. But you still knew you had it? My you rifle, yes. You still knew you had it strapped around your body? Yes. And you made a conscious decision to bring it along, right? Yes. Why? And it keeps going. And it keeps going. And this is this is the torture part of, of the trial because he just keeps going. The prosecutor keeps going on and on down these paths. And I think he's realizing as he's going that the kid's actually answering the questions really well. Right. And, and kind of destroying the path for him to get him on something. Right. And I, I believe it could not, may not be this one, but that his, the, his defense attorney says that he's already answered it mm -hmm. and he just doesn't like how he's answering it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> everybody knows that, I mean, he's ridiculing him for having good gun safety. Mm -hmm. And it's stupid. It's such a stupid defense because if he chose to do anything other than what he did do, it would have been been um negligent on his That's part right. yeah and and then that would have been actually something they could fight but for him to sit there and going so you did everything right <laughs> you brought it along to secure your weapon and control it at all times hmm? that seems odd no that's not come on i know and making it out Why, to be something that's wrong i was the, the prosecutor i wouldn't bring this shit up but mm -hmm. yep. they did and now and it's it's almost confusing to them like Okay, I'll answer it, but I don't see it in the dark way you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, here they are. It's unbelievable that he's framing this image yes. to the jury that this kid is irresponsible, that he shouldn't be carrying this weapon in a in a in a during a, a riot, that his safety really isn't. It, it's not at risk, and now he's trying to talk him into you know saying that he would just leave his weapon right. somewhere because he didn't need it at the time and that's so irresponsible right. and i didn't even touch base on that you know what the kid might even need it to help protect him because people might get pissed for putting out a fire that they that they started mm -hmm. i've seen blm people attack people for um uh taking all their graffiti off of the walls mm -hmm. you know so he doesn't understand that there is potential threat out there. Yeah. I want to play another, another clip here, if I can cue it correctly. This one, prosecutor is talking about, you know, Rittenhouse uh, carrying uh, this weapon and then not thinking that he really needs to use it. When you decided to bring your AR-15 loaded with 30 rounds down to the 63rd Street source, car source location, what did you think you needed protection against? I didn't really think I was going to have to protect myself. You told us just now you brought it along for protection. I did, but I didn't think I was going to need to protect myself. You brought it along for protection, but you didn't think you needed protection? Yes. This is how you warp a liberal's oh, mind. Oh, man. I'm trying to clarify the two different answers that I think he just gave, Your Honor. Well, that, it, it, go ahead. Can you, do you, you understand, understand the question? question? Not really. I asked you why you brought the gun. You said you needed it for protection. I said, 
Protection against what? You said you didn't think you needed protection. I'm confused. Can you help me understand you why you're telling us you yeah, needed a gun for protection, but you didn't think you needed protection? I brought the gun for my protection, but what I was saying is I didn't think I would have to use the gun and end up defending myself. That's it, per it, what a perfect answer, right? So, so the the prosecutor's like, "Do you not under uh, do you not understand the question?" And Kyle's like, "Yeah." <laughs> but I I believe that Kyle's confusion isn't really with understanding the question. It's he's not understanding how the fucker isn't understanding the answer. <laughs> It's like, how are you not understanding it? <laughs> yeah. I put, I mm -hmm. carry a gun, mm -hmm. not because I know that Safeway is going to have some potential danger. <laughs> it's because I don't know that there. I don't know if there is going to be danger. You had. I'm going to let you say it because I like your other your analogy. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, you know, when you're driving a car, you put your seatbelt on, not because you intend to get into a car accident, but just in case. You don't go down like. I'm going to make up a street. I'm going down 3rd Street. I'm going to buckle in. <laughs> I typically get an accident down here. Uh -huh. No. People <laughs> no. carry a gun because they don't know when an issue. Yeah. That's why they, they practice carry always because you don't know when an issue or it's a safety could accrue. Yeah, it's a safety occur, belt. Occur. This Excuse is what kills me about a lot of the liberal folks that I know personally, and they make this argument that you don't need to carry a weapon. Why carry all the time? If you know, there are folks who have concealed carry. I have concealed carry, and when I when I travel, yes, I want to carry for my own personal safety. I've never had to use it in years that I've had it. So I'm going. I don't get the. So so even this so and this goes both ways, but. Mm -hmm. The typical leftist, okay, let's mm -hmm. say that that pretty young jogger that goes out on that path and decides to go on their daily jog, mm -hmm. and they have this really awesome, cool wristband mace. Why do they strap that on there? <laughs> they haven't been mugged or maced or assaulted, mm -hmm. but just in case, mm -hmm. it's happened to some other people that they've heard about. Yeah. My point is, is that I don't care what side of town you're on, and um. And whether you have to choose, um, you know, less lethal or lethal, you know, people are choosing things to defend themselves. People yeah. might learn to carry your, their car keys in a certain way, you know, and um, let them. Yeah. Um, I want to totally agree. Uh, I want to go over some of the, the more action areas. This is where things get a little bit more graphic because people are getting shot and killed. And this is the prosecution kind of outlining their argument that this is not self-defense. And it kills me, their argument that it's not self-defense because everywhere that I know, this is exactly self-defense. So let me hit play here. Joseph Rosenbaum never touched you in any way during that incident this correct? is a child rapist he touched my gun he didn't touch your body in any way lucky did he? To touch no. him. he didn't kick you he is a minor no. he didn't punch you serious. no other than that plastic bag he didn't throw anything at you no he didn't have a gun on him no he didn't have a knife on him no he didn't have a chain on him no he didn't have a bat on him no he didn't have any weapon of any kind correct other than him grabbing my gun no that's a big deal that's a huge deal Think of him running and being concerned, and also there's an extra th concern that Kyle has. 
Kyle is dealing with somebody that is crazy enough to run towards you, knowing he is unarmed, and still running towards somebody with a gun. This, that guy's crazy. Yep. Kyle knows in his head that, oh no, I might have to do something. And I do believe he even pointed it at him, mm-hmm. hoping he was going to stop him and to give him the idea of choosing a different path. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Right. And now, when he's already in fear because he's got somebody crazy enough to chase him with a gun showing, he knows he has a gun and he's getting chased. And now he just grabbed the gun. Yep. Rosenbaum was chasing him. Uh, Your heart r- is in levels it's never been before. Yeah. Uh, Rittenhouse turns, raises his weapon as he's running away from, uh, from Rosenbaum. And Rosenbaum pauses for a split second. Uh, Rittenhouse continues to run away towards these, these vehicles. And then and Rosenbaum continues to chase after him. And gaining that, ground that, on him. And gaining ground. And that little warning of just the turn and having a weapon pointed towards you should be enough to stop people from chasing you. And you you're crazy. you're right on that this guy is absolutely crazy and Rittenhouse knows that he's in trouble because this guy keeps gaining on him and he, and he's getting trapped the guy between has no these fear of the gun cars. that is for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just you know, and the prosecution is describing this as well, he wasn't carrying a weapon. As if that that matters. The guy is he's trying is, to get one. Get one. <laughs> exactly. He's trying to reach in and grab Rittenhouse's gun. This is, I mean, this is self-defense. This is not, oh, you can't, you know, defend yourself unless someone has a weapon. That is just not true. Yeah, and uh, that guy will never be able to buy a weapon legally either. Mm-hmm. So this probably was his only, one of his only opportunities to get one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, I want to play another, another clip here. This is, and, and this kind of kills me because, you know, we were talking earlier about self-defense and the idea that you're there not to kill someone, but rather stop the threat. And so the prosecution is, is making the claim that Rosenbaum had, uh, had been shot and was falling to the ground and Rittenhouse continued to shoot at him. Dr. Kelly's testimony that the first gunshot from you to Mr. Rosenbaum caused Mr. Rosenbaum to start falling to the ground. Did you hear that testimony? I, I did. And then you continued to fire three more shots into him after that, didn't you? I continued to fire until he was no longer a threat to me. When he's falling to the ground in front of you, he's no longer a threat to you. His pelvis is broken, right? I I don't know. But he's fallen to the ground, isn't he? He's, I saw him lunging towards my gun and he, I remember his hand on the barrel of my gun. Because he was trying to push it out of the way so you wouldn't shoot him. How can he even be allowed to speculate that? Yep, objection, there it goes. What was the risk to you of death or great bodily harm at the moment you killed Joseph Rosenbaum? If I would have let Mr. Rosenbaum take my firearm from me, he would have used it and killed me with it and probably killed more people if I would have let him get my gun. Mr. Rosenbaum never said anything to you about taking your gun, did he? He didn't say anything, but he tried to take my gun. And whoever's got that gun is a threat to everyone else? If 
he would have taken my gun, he would have used it against me. See that? He tried yeah. to. He tried to make him say yes. Mm-hmm. Because if he said yes, then so you are a threat under that. Yeah. You know. And no, it's who has that tool. Yeah. You know. You could. <sighs> I, I just think Rittenhouse does such an amazing job for now an eighteen-year-old. To, to put up with these prosecutor, prosecutorial, is that a word? <laughs> prosecutorial uh, phrasing, you know? I mean, he's trying to trick him into saying something that may not be true and and to frame him, make him, him look bad um, in front of the jury. So and he uh, does such an amazing so job. So obviously he's been coached on how to do stuff. I mean, everybody does. Of course. But, mm-hmm. but for him to answer it the way he does, is that it's his beliefs and, and, his, and he knows it. He... He doesn't know any other truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's also why he answers it the same damn way every freaking time. And uh, uh, I, so terrible. Th- I want to move on to the next you know, instance. This is getting kind of crazy. So he's shot Rosenbaum. The crowd is encroaching on him, and Rittenhouse realizes he needs to get on the run, and he's running towards the, uh, the police. He gets hit in the back of the head. Uh, a few strides later, he uh, falls to the ground, mm-hmm. and the famous jump kick man <laughs> approaches. And this saw, the, saw his life flash before his eye and took off. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is where the 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 prosecutor is trying to say that um, that that Rittenhouse was trying to kill this jump kick man. You intended to kill him with those shots didn't you? No. Did you even care whether or not those two rounds were going to kill him? I didn't want to have to kill anybody that night. In this moment, you're making a deliberate decision to pull the trigger twice, correct? Yes. That wasn't an accident. That was your conscious decision, wasn't it? Yes. And you're firing an AR-15 at close range to this individual, correct? Yes. And you knew full well that if you hit him with one or both of those bullets, it could kill him, right? There's that possibility. If you hit him with one of those, wouldn't you agree it's a pretty strong likelihood you're going to kill him? I don't know. Did that even factor into your mind at that point? Did you even care whether you were going to kill him or not? I, I didn't want to have to kill anybody. I was being attacked. That's why I shot him. So what eats me up about this part mm-hmm. is because the whole mess was based on who? The whole riot started because of... Yeah, Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake, mm-hmm. who got shot seven times in the back and was alive. Yep. So this prosecutor is busting his balls about, you knew he was going to die if you shot him twice, didn't you? He should have said, cows are like, no, the cop shot him seven times in the back. He didn't <laughs> die. Why, why would I be in fear? This guy's going to live. I should probably unload the whole gun. And how many cops do you see and have, might have to answer to, but usually is understandable that will we'll, um, dump the mag on their situation? Mm-hmm. I mean, when somebody shoots at them, they will sit there and unload their gun, make sure that that situation is stopped and that they will walk away and go home that day. Mm-hmm. And it, they, they're not even factoring it in like it's a... A sane reaction. I am floored that the prosecution continues to try and get him to say stuff. Yep. And, and I'm, and, I'm and impressed his... that he continues 
to uh, say the right thing, and the prosecution runs into a dead end. I agree 100% with you because I believe that his defense team are the, ty- are the people that would step up and say, hey, whoa, you can't. But Kyle essentially, you know, didn't, didn't have to have his team to step up too much mm-hmm. because he literally just stuck to the guns. Like, and I will say most of the time, if he says that he didn't understand the question, which he says it often, mm-hmm. or somebody will ask you, are you not understanding the question? He says that. It's not him not understanding the question. It's they're not accepting the answer. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And, and it's, it's repetitive. Yep. And it's embarrassing. The defense was saying that he's playing fast and loose with the uh, facts. Because the prosecutor is really, he's manipulating a lot of that stuff. That's a very in good order to Matlock it, so. way to say it. Yeah. Yes, that's what he's doing. Mary, yeah. Very Perry Mason. Uh, another, <laughs> another clip. So this, this particular one, so Jump Kick Man hits him in the, in the face. He's already um, turned, uh, or the uh, Anthony Huber has already been shot in the chest. You know, the skateboard dude hits him in the head twice. And now we're on to this uh, gross Kreutz guy who has a gun, pistol in his hand, and gets shot in, in the bicep. What drives me crazy is this is more example of the prosecution kind of manipulating things and making it sound like um, Rittenhouse is doing something that's wrong. Looking at the video, I think I'm lowering my weapon. I think it's just a still shot of where you have it to where that, but I believe in the whole video I'm lowering it, and then he points his gun at me. Can you help me understand, Mr. Rittenhouse, why Gage Grosskreutz, with a pistol in his hand, is a threat to kill you, but you, with an AR-15 pointed at him, is not a threat to kill him? at this moment. Can you help me understand that? I've been attacked by several people and he decided to come and point a gun at my head. Well, first... He hasn't done that yet, has he? (coughs) No. So again, I ask you, in this moment, you told us Gage Grosskreutz is a threat to you right now. Yes. He's got a pistol not aimed at you. You've got an AR-15 aimed at him. Why is he more of a threat to you than you are to him? Because he was, he was moving at me with a gun in his hand. Simple. I mean, this is not complicated. And for the prosecutor to frame it this way is just so dishonest. You know what's even more pathetic? He should have started it the other way around, at least. Because, mind you, he just had to have the same conversation about somebody that didn't have a gun. Mm-hmm. And I thought that he... And I bet you the prosecutor even took it as he explained it well enough that he had defended himself over somebody that didn't even have a gun. Yeah. But now he has a guy with a pistol. Why should you be scared? And the silly thing is, I understand. I really do. I understand the prosecutor is doing his job. That's what he's supposed to do is try to screw him up and right or wrong, get him to freaking, you know, take the hit for this. But, you know... The prosecutor's got to even know that, man, if I was in that situation and I had to defend myself and then I couldn't even stop and, and evaluate the situation because the crowd was coming on me, I had to start running and then somebody's attacking me from all sides and I would have killed everybody, but I'm not that person. And then I fell to the ground. I'm scared to death. If you put yourself in that situation and knowing that they're dealing with these two or four people, uh, one to four people, excuse me, 
and there's still another, I don't know, 30 people around or more. Who knows? I don't know how many people are around. Yeah. There could be a Pez dispenser of people coming at you nonstop that you don't even know if your rounds are going to last you. And this instance is in such a short period of time. When he falls, he's immediately attacked. Boom. Well, attacked again Boom. because he got Boom. hit in the back of the Boom. head, falls to the ground, gets attacked by Jump Kick Man, and then gets attacked by Skateboard Man, and then um, gets advanced on with by someone with a gun. And Rittenhouse is reacting in a very short period of time in order to combat and and keep himself safe. And this was from the first shot to the last shot of of Rittenhouse. Mm -hmm. That was just minutes, correct? It wasn't like 20 minutes went by. No, yeah. After Rosenbaum, um, he took off running towards the the police line. And and then, uh, yeah, this was all within a couple of minutes of time. And the prosecutor Mm -hmm. was talking about because there was other gunfires going on around him Mm -hmm. at that night and saying, there was gunfire all night long. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and he was, and he was talking about the pre, uh, the right after the first shot, there were some rounds being shot. And then right at the end, there were some other rounds being shot that wasn't from uh, Kyle. And the prosecutor's talking about how there's shots being all night long when we're talking about a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad that it ticks me off because I have friends, too, that I, and it makes me mad because they're scared or just, or just saying things to be stupid, but... I'm going to take them as being serious that says that, you know, now due to this um, verdict, I'm scared that this is the way our life is. And, and I'm like, well, that's, that's really crappy because to me, it gives me hope that I could defend myself and at least make it out of going to jail minimum. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it upsets me that, that I guess it's, I guess I guess it's shame on them for not being able to listen to truth and take away the truth. But you know, I don't like that these people are are just deliberately lying and giving false facts, so the weak could accept it. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess I really should just get upset at the weak. I don't know. Well, th- this next part is going to upset you. I'm sure it will. <laughs> oh no, because it upset me, and I'm um, I- I'm not as. Uh... Um, I don't know. I, I don't get as excited as you about some of this stuff. This has got this one got me excited, so I'm just waiting for you to get excited. <laughs> I have not seen this. What are you doing? All right. So uh, this is kind I of I saw MSNBC and I'm like panicking now. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, so you know that there's been this media bias from the beginning, yes. and one of the people, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people who are contributing to this, and they're all left leaning so far. And this person, Joy Reid, is one of the biggest ones. This is her show. It's actually being hosted by someone else. She's on the panel here, but um, it's hosted by someone else who brings up a panel of people, and he starts talking about the verdict. And I, knowing as much as I know about the, about the, the, the trial so far, race really is not part of this. If, if you think about it, there's two black guys. Who the heck are you to say? There's, <laughs> there's two black guys. One is a juror, okay? The other one is ju- Jump Kick Man, who assaulted and got shot at but didn't get hit, okay? Holy also man. with the 45 um, um, different convictions on his record. So this whole thing is not about race. In my opinion, it's not about race. I don't see race involved in any of it, except for the fact that it started off, the riots started off with uh, a white cop shooting a black man who 
was reaching for a knife. That, to me, there's a little bit of race stuff potentially with the beginning of the riots. But as far sure as this case goes, this trial is not about race. Yeah, well, but I'm pretty sure that the guy that was reaching for the knife was truly just going to reach it to turn it into the cops. Oh, yeah. He was like, yo, yo, I got some stuff over here. Like, here's a knife. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think that was, you know, a bad shot, bad shooting. I, I think that the guy was just trying to, you know, gift them. Gift them his weapon? His weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's, uh, here's the, racial, <laughs> the racial side of the, uh, the media bias. Because we have to have it. Yeah. That's the first thing that occurred to me. Uh, the, the, the first thing that occurred to me after this ruling is, oh, well, okay, now it's just open season. Like, if, if I'm walking around and, and I'm a white nationalist, you know, coward little kid with an AR-15, and I see somebody drive by with a Black Lives Matter bumper sticker and I feel threatened, I can open fire. If I go by a youth group standing outside the local Target and they're chanting Black Lives Matter and I feel threatened, I, I can open fire. Paul, is the ruling today really a precedent or is this the kind of thing that was always going to end up happening and we shouldn't see this as a real watershed moment? It's not a formal legal precedent, Jason, but make no mistake, Rittenhouse will be the poster child for reactionary white men who want to take the law in their own hands, who want to bring assault weapons to Black Lives Matter's protests, and who think that violence is a legitimate form of political discourse. Oh, so they're taking, so so he is admitting that Black Lives Matter is taking responsibility for the riots at the Kenosha. Oh, I didn't catch that read. That's a good point. And then we have Al Sharpton, I noticed. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's going to make it all right. I liked, so, I liked fat Al Sharpton. I think he looks sick the oh, way yeah. he looks Oh, yeah, this now. is crackhead Al Sharpton. Yeah. But now he actually looks, Yeah. you know, at least, at least he looks fat yeah. and rich. Now he looks like... Yeah. I got in trouble because I didn't pay my taxes. Your taxes, yeah. But, so, but go, gonna... back, go back to the, the comment that this guy was, was making, which is this is giving license to any white nationalist kid who feels like they can go around with an AR-15 and shoot at Black Lives Matter protests. How many people did he shoot that were black? Uh, let me check the numbers. Uh, none. How many did he kill? Uh, two. That were black. White dudes. And you know what? And the only guy that was black that he shot at, that he wasn't even trying to kill, but he was trying to freaking uh, eliminate him from kicking him in the face again. Mm-hmm. Well, he got lucky he didn't get shot. But I'm just saying is he didn't go around shooting any black people. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, as dangerous as those AR-15s and how often they like to go run around at night and shooting people on their <laughs> own, that he could have easily went around and picked off a few black people on his own, if that was his intentions. Mm-hmm. What was the last guy there? The guy that got his arm shot? Yeah, Gross Krauts. So this guy Krauts. was interesting. Did you get to watch any of his testimony? I did watch some of his testimony, yeah. I thought he could have been on the defense, too. He could have been, yeah. He worked so well. And, and, and I'm going to have to... I'm not even kidding you. I have to give this guy props. To me, on at least most major points, he was an honest dude. I agree with you. When he was on the stand, he was very honest about what had happened. And one of the charges was that that Kyle, uh, you know, it wasn't self-defense when he was standing there with, you know, a gun. And then while this, you know, Gross Kreutz guy 
was there on the stand, he admitted, yeah, I was raising my weapon to point it at, at Rittenhouse, and I was moving towards him. Well, he, they, he just proved the self-defense claim. Right. That he was just using the same point of why he was going to point, hold, pull his gun against him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's possible that they could both be pulling up their guns at the same time because they both don't even want to get shot, and one of them gets shot before the other, and they both might have the reason to, the right reason. Sorry if you got shot first. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about this? <laughs> I, it's, a, it's absolutely amazing. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. People's got to mm-hmm. stop. Try to better your own lives before you go out and start to destroy everybody else's life. Because that's the other thing is, is that people that night went out there to destroy everybody else's life that had no part in any of it. Yeah. Okay? And, and, in, and because everybody's too stupid to understand that people do other stupid things in life, like um, Blake, and there's a reaction to be doing, having a, living a stupid life, like getting shot seven times in the back for reaching for a fucking knife. Mm-hmm. And people don't, they don't have the right to do this. They don't get to run through, run roughshod through town and, and own a town and, and beat up whoever they want and, and change the direction of people's lives because they want to, it's just an excuse to go have chaos and be stupid. That's why he shot four, she, he shot at four people. And out of all the four people he had an incident with, they all have a rap. How many more out there do? Mm-hmm. I promise you that the other people that he said that he went over the other on, onto another side that was on another side of the debate of what was going on for protection, it would be interesting to run through how many of those people have a history. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would dare to say that it, I bet you it'd be a lot less percentage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a difference between people that want to run out to protect versus run out to destroy. Yeah. The type of people who congregate to, between those groups or, you know, how many people go to destroy or what types of people go to destroy versus what type to go to protect. I mean, yeah. Li- licensed uh, gun owners, especially the uh, concealed carry uh, licensed gun owners are uh, some of the, <laughs> the best citizens um, out there, like without any sort of that's um, right. criminal record. We voluntarily give you our fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Who does that? You know, yeah. you can, if you do any little stupid thing, theft, robbery, yeah. you just, Screwed yourself. You screwed yourself, yeah. So it, it, you are the most law-abiding citizens right. that are out there. Yeah, that's right. But mm-hmm. and I could be fair that every any any good person can make a mistake in life, and that doesn't ruin it for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But um, but generally speaking, absolutely. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> well, uh, as we sort of close out the show here, uh, just some questions. Where do you think that things are going to go from here on out with? Uh, with Kyle Rittenhouse now that he's been found not guilty. So, so I'm going to say I got two avenues. One of them is optimistic and one is probably more reality. Optimistic is, man, this guy is a good kid. This guy is going to probably go on probably to be a lawyer now, but Mm -hmm. to go on to be somebody that's going to save somebody's life. I mean, that's obviously who he is. And you know, The reality is, is that he may not be allowed to live that life anymore because of all the chaos and harassment. And I hope nobody goes out and hurts him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, it sounds drastic, but what world are we living in? Mm-hmm. So I hope the best for him. Um, I think his life has been put on pause during this, and it's going to be a while before he can resume it. I really, 
I, so I'm not a guy that I, I've had some incidents in my life that I should have sued people. I've got, I was wronged. I should have taken that path to get, to have it turned around right. Okay. But I didn't, I'm not a sue happy person, mm-hmm. but this guy needs to sue everybody that ever talked bad about him. And I don't care if it is in money if, or however much, soak them as much as he wants, give it away, do whatever. But they need to get hurt. There, I, I, there's another gentleman that, um, God, gosh, I wish I knew his name off the top of my head, that got into it with a, um, a Native American guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the situation was made something completely different than what it was. And he sued them because he got bad-mouthed by um, a mainstream news media station, and that's just what's going on with this guy. Yeah, I saw an interview with him. Did you? Yeah, he was saying that, you know, that was like three years ago, and he's still in these court proceedings to sue these different companies and individuals, and he thinks that it may be a couple more years before these last, I think, six lawsuits are settled. Well, that's why I made it, you know... Again, we do try to take it a little bit, keep it a little bit not too serious, but it's hard to kind of find a couple of chuckles this yeah. time. But that's why I did make a joke of that, you know, he's probably going to retire. <laughs> he has an ability to make enough money to probably not have to really work, except for maybe volunteer his time to maybe save lives. But, yeah. but I, I hope that, I hope, I hope that there's some, the people that made this worse than it was, and made people hate or be scared of protecting yourself or be scared to have the ability to protect yourself or be to make it people doubt when protection is needed. Mm-hmm. I just wish people would know what self-defense is. Right. Because that is so important for every individual out there. And most of the folks that are complaining about this stuff have no idea what self-defense is. Yeah. They're describing self-defense like there's a... a like I don't know if it's a brother or an uncle or someone of uh, of uh, uh, of Blake was his yeah um, the guy who got shot in the back seven times and he made the claim that self defense is is you protecting your family and your home Wh- what are you talking about no self defense is self self defense is protecting yourself and as um, you know as an American if you see someone else who needs protection you can also protect them. Man, I gotta tell you, we need to do a show on self-defense. And I mind you, self-defense doesn't always have to be a gun. Yeah, it's awareness, and mm-hmm. and and I'll just leave it there. But there's so many people out there that have no idea what we're talking about. Nope. And it and it frustrates me because, mind you, I care about some of these people. Will not use their name, but they have children. And what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do if you were in that situation? You're gonna pray to God you had a gun. Mm-hmm. You wish that you had a gun. Only if I had a gun this time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, I know. And that doesn't even guarantee that you're going to be on the... Kyle almost didn't make it out. Yeah. There, there are a lot of situations today where I feel less safe than I did several years ago. And, uh, and I think it's important to, to be aware of your surroundings, also aware of what self-defense actually is, what your rights are. Right. But know them well enough that you can react to things and not have to stand there and think about, oh, am I going to get in trouble for defending myself? I love it. That's well said, Scott. Mm. Well said. You should learn enough to react. Learn enough so you could react, so you don't have to sit there and die while you're thinking about it. Yep, that's right. 
Uh, okay, let's let's wrap things up. I know this is a lot longer show. Well, I'll give Kyle the congratulations. He's yeah. got to feel, at least in this moment, that at least he could live the rest of his life not in jail. Hopefully, mm-hmm. the, the hopefully everybody will let him live the rest of his life. So, congratulations, Kyle. Yeah, agreed. All right, thanks again for watching. Thanks again for listening. Tell a friend. We'd love to grow the audience. Uh, you can find more information on our website. NeverDoSerious.com And you can find some more of us on social media, on Getter and Twitter, at the NTS Podcast. Until we see you next time. Okay. And be safe.